Searching for a job is hard. It can feel so overwhelming and you just don't know where to start. Once you get your resume polished up and LinkedIn profile ready, then what next? Most people just apply to as many jobs as they can find, but the experts tell you to network, network, network. It's pretty easy to find recruiters and job coaches to talk to, but the hardest ones to find are the hiring managers and they hold the golden tickets. I've made it my mission to find these folks and get them to spill some of their secrets. And who knows, maybe one of them is my future boss. Well, welcome everybody. Today we have a special treat. I am here in person again, and I'm meeting with Dr. Derek Hamilton, who is an optometrist. Yes. An optometrist in Austin, Texas. Hi, Derek. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, can you tell me a little about your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. I am an optometrist. Uh, (laughs) It probably is worth mentioning. An optometrist is not an ophthalmologist. An ophthalmologist is a eye surgeon. I'm a primary eye care provider. I have a community-based practice here in in, uh, Austin, Texas, as Suzanne said. The practice is uh, actually going to be 30 years old in 2023, so we're getting close. But uh, I purchased it from the guy who found it back in 2009. Yeah, because you would have been like five years old, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was just a little, I was like two years old. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I just had my birthday. I'm a solid 45 now. But anyway, so we do, uh, we are a primary care practice. We, we probably deal with, I would say, uh, 70 to 80 percent of what we do is vision care and the remainder is uh, health care. The primary care eye care ends up being a lot of things like pink eye and diabetes and glaucoma and stuff like that. So a little bit of this, a little of that. Have you always been in health care or have you had other professionals? <laughs> that sounds kind of like a leading question, Susan. <laughs> Uh, actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I came out of school. So I graduated with a degree in mathematics uh, and did what most mathematics degrees do. I went and got my first job in public, public relations. So <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not, probably not what most mathematicians do. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I managed to secure a one-year internship as a community relations intern with the Detroit Lions. So I spent my first year out of school uh, working in the NFL and then decided to try to make a career of that. So when I finished my internship, I got a job working for another PR firm in Detroit and, and did that for a while and, and realized I really didn't like it. So uh, I did the me- next most logical thing, and I went back to school to get a master's degree in education. And midway through that, realized that was the wrong turn again. So that time, I finally decided I needed to get some career counseling, which was very, very helpful and yeah. uh, landed on optometry. So Yeah, well, it's interesting to kind of hear people's journeys because yeah. they aren't necessarily always just straight into where they're not they linear. I tell 18 year olds all the time when they're sitting in the exam chair to not worry about it too much. Yeah. And try some different things. Exactly. Well, can you tell me a little bit about your current team and role? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I always say I'm the, I'm the founding doctor. It's not a hundred percent true, but I'm, I'm also a, the entrepreneur of the business. So uh, we're a small business in a, a full staff. We have usually 10 or 11 people, which includes, includes three doctors. So if we have 11 people, we'll have three doctors and and eight support staff. Right now, uh, we have three doctors and uh, five support staff. So we're, we're really, we're short. We could use a few people. Like I said, I spend three days a week doing doing eye care and two days a week actually just running the business. So 
all the all the nitty gritty, like the administrative tasks, but also marketing, hiring, bookkeeping, paying taxes, uh, advertising, all these different things, getting our message out there. Yeah, so. cool. Well, can you tell me about a, you know a favorite project or a story from your career? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty. It's been fun. I like the fact that I can do some eye care and I can also do some business building. We recently, I think the, the most fun thing I've ever done is, is building the facility that we're sitting in right now. So I had known for a long time that I wanted to have my own my own clinic. And, and by that, I mean actual brick and mortar as well. We spent the last uh, three years or so uh, building building the space that we're in right now. And uh, I think it was really fun because we're able to think through strategies of how people move through the business and what the different areas need to do and actually work with an architect and an interior designer and, and, and bring it to life. And it was really, really fun. And we're still making adjustments. We've been in this facility for uh, about nine months right now. So it's we're kind of finding our way around and it's fitting us pretty good. But but uh, I've just really enjoyed I've enjoyed all the special projects with the business, redeveloping logos, uh, I think marketing campaigns and, and really interacting with the employees are really some of my favorite things. Well, that's a gorgeous facility. And I know that you've even shown me some of the natural light and how the challenge of getting the natural light in the space in an optometry practice, because sometimes you have to have a dark room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That's true. I think the irony is that uh, most optometrists are aware, aware that they need the dark so they don't put windows anywhere. Funny thing, but you know, like after a while you get you get tired of working in a cave with uh, with artificial light. So something else, I, I really think natural light's important for vitamin D and sleeping well. And uh, we, we worked really hard to get some natural light in this clinic and, I, and I, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. What do you love about, you know, your current company and job? Well, I, that's an easy question. You know, if I worked in a a retail chain optical and I didn't like anything. I just have to suck it up and deal with it. But uh, when you own your own business, if you're not happy with it, it really falls on your shoulders to fix it. I think one of the things that we've had a lot of special needs with employees over the years, and we've been able to change the way we do things. We're nimble, we're fast, and we, we just don't, we're, we're not mired in, in a corporate gog- gobbledygook. I'm not I'm saying that right. But uh, we, we, in other words, uh, we can just change what we do and, and, and we do that frequently. And uh, and I've really enjoyed that a lot. What kind of people make great additions to the team? Well, this is healthcare, so uh, inherent in the word healthcare is care. We need people who uh, really do want to take care of our patients. I think when you work with people, it's really easily easy to see it as just sort of an an endless string of problems in your day, and uh, we have to fight that. We have to remember that everyone who comes in is is a personality and a person with with all kinds of good things and bad things and hopes and fears, and we have to care for them. So that sometimes that's easy. It's always easy with people you get along with. Sometimes people come in from, from really devastating personal situations and still need to feel cared for and taken care of and loved. The bottom line is that we need people who like people and people who like to care and people who are good problem solvers on their feet. Are there any red flags you watch for during interviews? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I had an interview just the other day and, and it was a young guy and you could tell that he was anxious to be there. And uh, it was like he was scared to talk to me. I was doing all the talking, you know, that's it was just hard to imagine how he was going to interact with patients if he couldn't interact with me. And I tried really hard to get him out of his shell and it never really happened. So I think, you know, I've always thought someone told me once, I think it's probably true. I think an interview should be almost 50-50 where I do about half the talking and, and the interviewee does about half the talking. And I think that's probably true. It doesn't have to be exact, but both need to talk. And I know another thing that's tricky, I don't like when I'm, I'm interviewing and I look at a resume and it's as though the person never stays anywhere for very long. We've had had a resume last week where in the past two years, the woman had 12 different jobs. Oh, goodness. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not of the opinion that someone's going to come here and has to stay till the day that they retire. In fact, I'd, I'd sort of like them to move on if they have a better opportunity in time. I hope I can help them with that, but they need to show some ability to, to stay in one location. And I think, uh, I think that's really important. So this next question I'm asking everyone, and I know your answer is going to be a little different about working from home versus in office. Yeah. So in, in, interesting question. I mean, so there are uh, one of the things that's happened, you know, is at the at the time of this recording, there's a, a really tremendous amount of open positions in the United States right now. Of course, it doesn't mean that everyone's finding the right one, but there are a lot of open positions. And, and the question has been, well, well, why? Why are there so many open positions right now? And there's, there's a lot of different opinions out there. One article I was reading had, had said that um, the employee is demanding more flexibility for how they work. And I, I've seen that to be true. If you are a, a single parent or uh, perhaps you have to take care of someone elderly or, or even if you live in the country, I mean, the idea of working from home is really great. And so uh, that's been a challenge for us, uh, you know, not just us, restaurants, I think, uh, retail uh, places, hotels, all all of these places are they really need people on site they're main street jobs where, where businesses transact face to face and that's that's the case with us so um, you know work from home we're, we're considering it we're trying to find new ways we've even, even played with the idea of could a receptionist potentially work from her house well why not I think it's it's definitely something that could be done we certainly could schedule appointments verify insurance do jobs like that from home and, and we're looking for opportunities so I love the idea it's um, certainly has a little bit more of an uphill push uh, in, in a service industry, but I don't think it's impossible. And as always in business, we need to be creative and think through how it might work out. So what's the best career advice you've ever received? Whew. I don't have a quick answer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> or um, I, what's some career advice you like to give? Well, I, I will say one thing. I did bounce around in, in my early days. I think that getting career counseling was enormously helpful. There, there was one test that I took, and I believe it was called the Strong Interest Inventory. I'm not sure if I got that right. But essentially, it sort of took all of your interests, and it sort of analyzed what your profile matched as far as people who were successful in their careers. And it's interesting because optometry was like number three or number four on that list of the 10 professions that they gave me. I think getting career counseling is a great thing to do. I also think it's great to try some things. Like, why not try some different things? You don't have to. I mean, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's you know, they're, they're so concerned about their first job. Well, well, it's your first job. It's not your only ever job. You know, be willing to make some mistakes and be creative and try some things. I think it's, it, I think that's probably one of the best things. Do you remember any of the others that were higher up on your list? Uh, yeah, the, I remember pharmacy was on that and family physician and something. I've always remembered this because I still don't know exactly what it is, but a paper engineer, which has something to do with forestry. <laughs> so when it, I don't know, it's here in, in the central Texas in, in August right now, it's hot outside. I mean, the idea of being up north in a, in a forest in Idaho right now actually sounds pretty good. So <laughs> I did counseling when I was at UT, like career counseling. And my number one, I remember it was interpreter. Huh. But they forgot to ask if I spoke another language. <laughs> That's funny. And number two was private investigator. And because I always wanted to be a Charlie's Angel when oh, I was little, I was like, yeah, is. but marketing was like in the top 10. So oh, when you take those, you have to kind of look at all of them and be like, yeah, can I really do this? Or I, think, <laughs> I think what they offer, I think what career counseling offers, it's very helpful, is the perspective on a career that you may not have thought about or yeah. you may not have put yourself into. So it's really worthwhile. I think, too, depending on your age, I've said this to a lot of college students. 
students, I'll have college students come in and say, oh, you know, I'd really like to do optometry. Go like ask an optometrist if you can like hang out with them for the day. I mean, get inside of an office and see does the job actually look like what you think it does. I think it's it's a really useful thing for sure. So yeah, well, to wrap things up, do you have a fun fact you can share about yourself? No, well, you already asked me my first job was. I like that one a lot. <laughs> I, I usually go with that one. So what's your favorite thing when you were twelve years old? When I was twelve years old, well, I was gonna go with what I like to do with travel. Okay, I'll say where do you I like really, to travel? really like to travel a lot? That's become my thing. About oh, I don't know, uh, six years ago or so, my my mom is is half Swiss. We lost contact with the Swiss family, and my mom's sister died. And when we were cleaning out her apartment, we found some old letters between her and the family in Switzerland. And so I said, this is cool. I need to like like rekindle this fire. And I was able to find my third cousin which is a little confusing. But if you think about that, that's your, your parents' cousin's child is your third cousin. I'm sorry, grandchild. Oh, don't screw it. I'm not going to get it right. Yeah. But, but anyway, all things being equal, we connected and we, we've established a really good relationship. So now we go back and forth to Switzerland and they've come out here a lot. COVID sort of wrecked that. But we're planning on going in January to do some skiing and I'm really excited about that. So. Well, thank you so much for answering all my questions today and telling us a little bit about your business and your background. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is Suzanne Baldwin. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you've learned something new to help on your job search. Make sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast player. You can also connect with me at SuzanneBaldwin.com. Maybe one of you is my future boss.